0: As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. It's good to be with you this morning. I um, get this settled here a little bit. I, think, yeah. I hear a little feedback, are you all okay? All right, great. Um, well, I've come to believe in my life that um, there is a tremendous difference um, between knowing that something is important and um, making that something central in my life Now for example, I know that it is really really important to eat healthy and You have all these articles that you read that you know you have to eat all these good things for your life well, I I cannot for the life of me really like salad and Many times I do eat really, really healthy until I go to the grocery store and there is that bag of sweet chili Dorito chips. They speak to me. They say, I'm on sale this week, buy four bags. (laughs) Then what happens is I convince myself, literally I do in the store, I convince myself, I go back and forth and back and forth well, you'll only eat them on the weekend when the kids are there. <laughs> By the time we get to the weekend, at least one bag is, is gone. And so I know on one hand, eat really good and healthy, but on the other hand, it isn't. I haven't quite brought it totally into the center of my whole life. I know it's important to exercise, but I'm not, it's not central to my life because I only get on the elliptical three times a month. And so it, it just doesn't quite get to the central part of my life. I even know it's important to pray. I know that. I pray, but it, my life days get busy. And maybe you're like me, I get to the end of the day, I get tired, uh, my life goes off on tangents and projects, and sometimes the day goes by and I don't pray. Maybe on the run, but I don't sit and listen for God to speak you know something in our heads is very different than holding it at the core of our lives now that's the central issue that Paul had when he wrote this letter to the Colossians they were good and faithful people they truly were they had heard the message of Jesus they had given and understood that it gave them meaning and hope in their lives. They knew the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, and it was important to them. It was very important to them. But it wasn't central to everything that they did. They weren't fully living into the message and the life of Jesus. They weren't following him more com- most completely. Now the Colossians is only five verses, and I think the simplest way to understand this particular part of this letter is to look at verses six and seven, and I was so glad Rachel spoke about growth because that's really the central core of this message. And Paul writes and he says, you know the teachings of Jesus, now live into them. And he says to us, You know the teachings of Jesus. Now live into them. And as you understand, you understood from the beginning, but now go deeper. Cultivate, tend to your souls. Care for your relationships with one another. Care for the world out there. In other words, faith is given to all of us. I truly believe that. There's a seed of faith that is in every single human being. It's part of our spiritual DNA. You know that there's something more that is needed in your life besides what the world promises. And so he says, start caring for your soul. Start following the example of Jesus, his teachings very core, the very center of your life every day. Now for Paul, he used that term, get rooted. He also said, build up your faith, get established. All of these words give this sense of um, anchoring our faith more deeply, grounding it, building, building it up, helping it go deeper into our lives because there is something more eternal than just the surface of this life. Now, I'm a gardener. Um, I think this year my, my, my garden sort of exceeded my abilities to keep up with it, but particularly around those weeds. Um, if, you gar- if you understand gardening, as Rachel said to the children, it's the roots. That's the whole essence of a garden, and it is the whole problem with weeds. They always have that deeper kind of root that goes down. But it is true. Um, the root is essential. It is the source of life and of nutrients. It is the source of everything that comes and flourishes. And so, when. When Paul uses that term, root, he's saying it's very core. It's very basic to life. And we use it in different ways. You know, the root of the matter. What's, that? What's the root of the matter? Um, our family roots. What, what are we tied to? What are we connected to? Um, we're putting down roots. Well, we're finally, we're making a home. We're getting established. We use that term in many ways. So when something is rooted, it really is anchored, it's, it's um, in place, and it starts to grow. So when Paul is guiding the Colossian church, he says you need to get rooted in Jesus. You need to get to a place and begin to grow. You need to learn more about him in a deeper way. You need to follow his example. As he lives, we live. You need to look deep within. And then you need to go out and to share what you know of God. Start living into your faith. Now remember, he said, you're off to a good start, church and society. They got, um, But they got caught up in a lot of different things, just as we do in our society. They got caught up in all kinds of debates and philosophies and things that kept them very busy going other places. And it's a lot like the world today, in the sense that people liked what Jesus said, but then they didn't bring him into the core of who they were. They liked the teachings, they were following in a superficial way, and that was good enough for them. But Paul says, no, it's not. He says, you have to go deep in your soul, that God's love is for you and for all people, and you have to start living into that, and he says, everything of God is expressed and revealed. In Jesus so we can see and hear clearly how God wants us to live and let me repeat that everything of God is expressed and revealed in Jesus so we can see clearly how God wants us to live So if you want to know how to leave this place as a follower of Jesus, you read the Gospels and you look to him because God expressed how. Now, I was thinking about this passage through this whole week, and I thought, how, how do I connect with this? How do we connect with this? When I preach, I, I read a passage, and then my first question to myself is, so what? So what? So what is your takeaway? What is, what could you possibly think about in this coming week about your faith? What difference could this passage make in your life? And I realize that the Colossians church is, very similar to the church of today because i believe that the church has lost its understanding of how to live into the faith i believe we've lost our understanding of how to live into our faith because there's a tremendous difference between saying that you are a Christian, and living into it as a disciple. And we're people who pridefully say, you know, I'm a Christian, and yet you haven't a clue as to what that means and how to live following the life of Christ. Do you know how many times the word Christian is used in the New Testament? Anybody want to guess? The word Christian used in the New Testament. Anyone? Take a quick guess. Anybody? Shout out numbers. Ten. Ten. Okay. Anybody else? Any other guesses? How many times is the word Christian used in the New Testament? Any guess? Zero. Okay. Zero. Ten. Another one? Okay. The word Christian is used three times in the New Testament. Three. How many times is the word disciple used in the New Testament? Anybody want to guess? Hundreds. A hundred. Okay. Any? I'm sorry. I said hundreds. Hundreds. Okay. Go ahead. Anyone else? How many times is the word disciple used in the New Testament? Anybody else? Okay, 269 times. Okay? The word Christian is used three. Disciple is used 269 times. And the three times the word Christian is used, it is referring to one who is a disciple. You know, disciples in the time of Jesus and even now, they followed their teacher around. They lived everything they did around that person. They lived into the example of the teacher, the rabbi. They studied. Their job as a disciple was to observe what the teacher did, then to do what the teacher did, to seek what the teacher wanted them to do. And it is much easier to say, I'm a Christian, than it is to be a disciple, which is why I think in our culture, we say, I'm a Christian, and we feel good but it is not the same as a disciple. Disciple means that we spend a lifetime seeking to follow Jesus more fully, more deeply. We're always asking questions about our faith. We're always seeking deeper understandings. We're always looking within ourselves so that we look at our own hearts. Where are we? Is it in line with what Jesus thinks did and said? Are we serving the way he did? in our lives, a disciple does really, I think, if we're truly a disciple of Jesus, we do really dumb things, according to the world, okay, we we do things like, we forgive people that really hurt us, the world doesn't say that, Um, we forgive them even if they don't care that they hurt us, Um, we try not to pass judgment, doesn't mean, I mean we don't make judgments but we try not to pass a judgment on another person. Um, we give to others a lot of what we have even if we've really worked hard and maybe we perceive they didn't, we still give what we have. We try really hard to care about people I call stupid and dumb, right? You. Don't say, you don't say, that's a dumb person or that's a stupid thing they did or anything like that. We try really hard to care about them even though. And worse yet, we care about people who hurt others that cause damage along the way when they're trying to get what they want. They harm, they divide, they don't care. And yet we still try to care about them and we still try to live differently than the world. A disciple works with their heart and soul. And my friends, believe me, it is continuous. You never arrive. It is a life journey. Living into our faith is really hard work. It's a lifetime of work to come even a little bit closer to the way that Jesus lived. You can see why it's easier to say, I'm a Christian. You can say, I'm a Christian. You come to worship on Sunday, faith in some way. um, You start to feel good. And the music is lovely and really just uplifts us. And we pray together and then we leave. And you don't have to connect with anything through the week. You don't have to share the faith. You don't have to struggle with your soul and then come back next week to feel good again. That's saying you're a Christian. But that's not a life of faith. I hope you don't leave here feeling good. I hope you leave here thinking about who you are as a a disciple of Jesus. Because we need to keep living into that faith and to grow more and more into the likeness of jesus you know my core theology is i i start with that we are given this gift of life christ is the gift to us it's already been given to every single person and our response is to live into that it's not about me saying i'm a christian that's easy but it is about living into my faith following what jesus said and did in, more deep, in deeper ways. Eugene Peterson and the message said it this way. Everything of God is expressed in Jesus so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, you don't need a microscope, you don't need a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ. And you don't need that to understand the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, The fullness of life comes together for you. His power extends over everything that happens when we live into faith. That's when we find our purpose and hope.